The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented to you by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor football season, MyBookie is offering you up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets for your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Amazon. Log on to sportsgamingpodcast.com, click the Amazon banner, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop to score sweet savings and support the podcast. And as always, get yourself a fresh Inside Vegas t-shirt. And again, we are now on Spotify. And as always, subscribe.thesgpn.com. Let's go into it. We are back here on Inside Vegas, frequent friend of the program coming in to join us, Spread Investor, my man. We were talking, uh, you know, leading up to the year, talking about these narratives of the NFL football season, um, you know, kind of what is, you know, how has everything gone for you when it comes to football this year? I feel like everything that you've been doing in the space, man, we, you know, when we were talking about what is kind of next for you coming up in kind of the crowdsourcing route, there's so much to get into and so much to talk about, man, but let's start with this, bro. How is everything with you and how is your football season year to date entering week six kind of been for you? Football season's been good. A combination of a good NFL start, good college football start for the handicappers on the website. Uh, NFL 31 and 21 start for the website. So the early market's been good, and we've been hitting good lines and, and getting ahead of the numbers early in the week for the most part, which is good. And, you know, it's always challenging, though. October comes around, and you have teams that have more injuries now than they obviously did at the beginning of the year. So the market starts to shift and you got to dissect which injuries are important. So I, I definitely think October and, and the early portion of November, definitely more challenging than September. Couldn't agree with you more. And I want to ask you this question because when we were talking, you know, entering the NFL season, I, this conversation always fascinates me whenever I talk with somebody and, and even somebody asks me about football, when it comes to the NFL and college football at such a short sample size sport, right? Compare it to NBA, compare it to major league baseball, these grind day yep. in, day out spots, right? So now when we enter week one for football season, specifically for this case, the NFL, we have, you know, by the time uh, week one lines come out, you have, you know, three, you know, in some cases even longer that these lines have been open and moving. Then we all of a sudden we go from three month handicappers, let's call it to, you know, six days to five days to four days when Thursday night gets involved. How does that kind of shift your mindset, you know, specifically from the off season to week one and then week to week? Yeah, it's a big challenge, man. It's a really good point that you bring it up because look, when, when you could study these lines all of August and even, you know, you glance at them in July, as you go on, the weeks, at least for me personally, I know a lot of other handicappers feel this way too, but if you get to look at information for four to six weeks consecutively, like if you get week one or week two wrong and you're very off from the market, you probably should question your handicapping methods because it, it's really bad to be that far off when you have that much time. And then when you get into these really short weeks, it is tough because I don't you got to you know, the average person thinks you have, all right, five or six days to catch up for the next week. These lines move by Tuesday lunchtime. So yeah, you could bet them theoretically, but a lot of times, especially with underdogs, if you see a good number out there, if you see a plus six or a plus seven out there, 
it's tough. You got to be fast. You got to be fast not only to bet it, but you have to have the research and, and the information and the perspective sharp by Monday night, Tuesday morning, right after you just spent three days watching football, probably nonstop, and your head's in a spin over some games that maybe you lost or maybe went in the direction that you didn't expect to go. So, yeah, definitely a much bigger challenge week in and week out. That's so fun. I mean, man, I know kind of the old school sharp network in Vegas and, and I, I've been not shy about saying that we don't necessarily get along just because our thought processes are, are so different. But truthfully, man, I know guys that sit there because the win opens Sunday night for the next week for NFL. And I know guys that sit there, they have their dime, you know, their dime bet max limit uh, bet line and it's all pros and you can bet it once uh, for the limit and then you go to the end of the line. And so those lines are, are even, you know, they're shaped there at the win, truthfully. Uh, and then the offshore markets kind of pick them up or, or locals or whatever the case may be. So it, it's really even, um, you know, kind of sooner than that, man, but it's, it's such a fascinating conversation to see kind of how the time difference, uh, affects people. I, I do want to ask you this before we kind of get into the business side of things and, and, you know, the website and kind of the crowdsourcing and everything that you, um, have really finally, you know, I say finally, man, I, I've been waiting for this website for so long. Cause I think that I just believe in it <laughs> so, so much, bro. Um, you know, what is kind of your, been your biggest takeaways from, you know, whether it be a market perspective, a future perspective, you know, a player that, that is really rose to the occasion or, or any narrative type of stuff that we kind of talked about in the off season for you thus far. Well, the NFC is significantly stronger than the AFC. I don't think that's much of a surprise. And I think I remember being out here last time and saying, I'm going to take a flyer on the Buffalo Bills. I think it was plus 375 to make the playoffs. And it sounded a little crazy, but look at the quarterbacks falling like dominoes in the AFC. Um, AFC North, that division being the weakest out of the AFC, by, or the weakest division in football by far, that's definitely a surprise. Obviously, it's impacted by Ben Roethlisberger going down, but two teams who a lot of people thought would both be very good, the Ravens and the Browns, are not good. And I'll say this with 100% confidence. The Ravens are not a good football team. Everybody's still now looking. A lot of people still looking at three and two record for Baltimore, and they're a good team. They got a, a quarterback who's mobile and can't be stopped. And you know, the Baltimore Ravens defense, they have no pass rush this year. Their secondary's hurt, and Lamar Jackson has been stopped and limited multiple times so far this season. So a couple of teams there that people, I think their perceptions are off, and they could get burnt by their bets if they keep thinking that way. Man, I was talking with Sean and Ryan on, on the DFS podcast on Monday, and I said... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is just a better looking version of Tim Tebow because all the guy does is win and it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> Let's talk about this, dude. I mean, the winning percentage is kind of getting absurd. Yeah, it's a short sample size here, but the only unbeaten teams in the NFL right now, their quarterbacks happen to be Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, Seattle, I know every single year professionals like to go under their season win total, and I treat Seattle just like I treat the St. Louis Cardinals in Major League Baseball, and I'm going to go over every single year when this market is depleted right before kind of the season kicks off, and I can get that public or that professional bias coming in, man. What you know? Let's talk about that NFC West because top to bottom now, when you look at this, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams, and I know we, we talked about um, on the last time, Two big things that, that we really hit on uh, during the NFL preview. One was the one of two directions that the Ravens could go. Either this works and this is Madden 06 uh, Michael Vick running gun, or this just does, you know, 
goes south. And I think we saw the upside against a, you know, that looks worse and worse knowing it was against Miami. Uh, but we look at San Francisco here, man, 4-0, and Seattle, 4-1, and Rams off the Super Bowl hangover. And again, we talked about this. Every Super Bowl loser besides the Patriots has gone under their win total at about a 95% clip or, um, the next season. This NFC West, I think, has been probably the most fascinating, specifically San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams. Yeah, I agree with you. It's tough to bet against Seattle and short them. Every offseason for the last couple of years, it seems like there's been a lot of things lining up to say, okay, Seattle's defense isn't going to be as good. The offensive line isn't that good. Uh, let's bet them under. You know, Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator. And I actually did bet them under last year. This year, I'm not looking to fade Seattle in many spots. What Russell Wilson's able to do and, and extend plays, it always keeps them in close games. They're running blocking is much better than their pass blocking. So they do have a run game and their defense. Now that they picked up Jadavian Clowney and that, you know, what's crazy, man, that is such a high profile move that went really low key. Like I feel it happened. That news dropped on Labor Day weekend. And I feel like Jadavian Clowney's name has been mentioned to me a handful of times in the first couple of weeks of the season, which is just crazy because he, he improved their pass rush so much. Um, you know, they still have Wagner in the middle, uh, Griffin in the back. Like they've got players on defense. So I completely agree with you there. And then the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, I've been high on for years. And this goes back to when he started the game versus Arizona Cardinals week one, 2016 He was a 10 point underdog went in there when Tom Brady was suspended, won the game 23 to 21. And you know, it wasn't just about managing the game. Like he's got really good. He's got a good arm, and I know in preseason he was sloppy. Practice reports he was sloppy, but he does have the the makeup of a really good quarterback. I do think he's smart, and I'm not surprised by anything that the 49ers are doing. High-powered offense, really, really good front seven. They drafted first-rounders along the defensive line every year the last four years, so I'm not surprised, but they got three big injuries now on offense, two on the offensive line, and Juszczyk, the fullback, is hurt, so that's going to affect them the next couple of weeks. As we look up and down, man, to this point right now, I mean, we're you know over a quarter of the way done with the season. I can't believe I'm saying that, but who is your MVP this you know right now to date? Oof. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I think you take him off the Panthers and they're not even close to being a playoff team right now. So he's up there and Patrick Mahomes. Look at what the Chiefs, you know, no surprise there, but if you take him off that team with how bad the Chiefs defense is, the Chiefs are probably a six or a seven win team. That's how bad their defense is. Yeah, man. Sit on a nice little uh, CMC 66 to one ticket out there. So I am. Uh, That's a beautiful ticket, man. Good for you. I, the trajectory just ri- reminded me so much of Lev Bell. And here's the the kicker is Lev Bell didn't, you know, if, if McCaffrey has, you know, mirrors Lev Bell's uh, season, uh, you know, I, I don't still don't know if he even gets it. If, you know, the last running back, I believe was what Adrian Peterson to win the award. So um, we'll see with that one, but I want to shift over, man. I want to talk about this website that you has been in the works with you, you know, trying to make this absolutely perfect for so long again spreadinvestor.com kind of the crowdsource I say crowdsourcing it's not necessarily that but it's kind of putting you know getting different opinions on the site and and I want you to kind of go over kind of start to finish the inception of this idea how you brought it to life and kind of what people can offer again going over to spreadinvestor.com to kind of see the content uh, and the people that you are putting out there at the forefront uh, for content 
Yeah, well, you know, you, you painted it nicely with the, the crowdsourcing, but to keep it simple for people who haven't been on the website, you know, me and, and the cappers who I bring on to the website and who I work with regularly, we just put out free handicapping picks with very detailed analysis. You'll never see us put out a pick without a very detailed write-up backing it. Um, but the, yeah, I love the crowdsourcing analogy because look, all I'm trying to do with this website is week to week, look at my network of handicappers. You obviously included a lot of our good friends included and see who's got a good read of the board. Like I will, n- I, I treat this website as uh, a, a team with a roster, you know, the NBA, certain guys will in certain matchups, will get 20 minutes in a given night. Other nights they may not play. So every week, if I have a handicapper who has a really good read on Georgia, Hey, let's put it on the website and let's put up a, a good article there. Um, we put out a lot of analytics, uh, a lot of just different perspectives from a situational standpoint, analytical standpoint. We review a lot of game film and we try to get the best of the number all the time and play not only beating closing line value, but, but playing good numbers, underdogs at good numbers, favorites at the right numbers. So, um, you know, we're, we're rounding into form still, uh, but we've got a really good group of handicappers and sharp minds there and, uh, started out, you know, with some pretty strong numbers. NFL, like we said, 31 and 21 college, I believe I got to update the numbers, but college, I believe is 29 and 16 start on the site. Uh, it's somewhere north of 65, 66%. So it's been a good start. I want to ask you that, man, a couple of things that as I go through this website and as I go through your timeline that I want to pick your brain on, because, um, you, you know me, man, and you know, kind of the last three years since I, you know, quote unquote, turned professional, uh, sports betting, my NFL side of handicapping and market analysis and thesis has always been what the spread is dead. The spread is not mattering now this yep. year, basically this spread, the spread has come into play more times already than it has the last two years, almost not combined, but it's, it's pretty comparable and pretty close and certainly, uh, well, well above the average. And when I look at this, you know, I, I am nothing, if not self-aware, I'm never going to stick to my guns and, and never, you know, failure to adapt is the number one killer inside the National Football League uh, when from a handicapping perspective. So we look at this and we say, all right, why is it mattering more? And to me, this is finally the adjustment that is three years overdue by odds makers, realizing that the parity in this league, meaning good teams are really good, bad teams are really, really bad. And, you know, when the Patriots were on their, you know, FU tour and they were beating teams by 30 and 40 points, they were still so afraid to go to that double digit, uh, you know, the nine and a halfs were really all you saw, no matter what, uh, even in road spots, yep. you know, home spots, even against division opponents like the Jets that they traditionally, you know, blow the doors off. Now, now you look up all of a sudden you have these 21 point spreads, 24 with Miami, you know, all these, there was never, you know, that shift that, you know, kind of overcompensation that we're seeing right now, um, I think is even something that professionals don't necessarily know how to attack because inherently, if you're a numbers guy, if you're a value guy, how do you not take 21 points on the road with any two teams in the NFL? It just doesn't matter right now. What do you think about it? Yeah, you know, I haven't dove into the numbers as much as you have with with how much the spreads matter, but it's very interesting. And and sticking with the high favorites, I'm personally not afraid, and I will not back off taking a big favor. You've seen it. I've backed the Patriots multiple times this year. The Redskins, them laying fifteen and a half was a a, a, a layup. Let's say um, that game could have been a shutout not for a fluke touchdown. Um, uh, another game, you know, the Cowboys laying big points to the Dolphins that ended up covering, you know, some of these teams are just so bad. The Redskins and Dolphins are so bad. 
that you have to in these spots. Well, now you know that, that time has passed because you know you're not you're not seeing these big numbers anymore, and Jay Gruden's fired. But yeah, you got to jump on it. You you got to say, okay, what is this favorite ceiling on offense? What what would they be satisfied with scoring? And you got a team like the New England Patriots. You say, all right, they they want to get into the 30s, and if they're laying only 15 and a half. You know, what a great defense. They could hold a team to 13 points or less. So um, I think you have to look at it case by case with specific teams, who you want to lay the big numbers with. Um, like this weekend, for example, the Ravens laying 11 and a half, 12 to the Bengals is a horrible line. I think Vegas is way off. I think that's a, a crazy over adjustment and, and trying to get the right number for the favorites. So uh, it's not too easy of a bet on the favorite, uh, but that's one that I think you, you look at the dog. Um, but yeah, just look at each team's situation and don't be afraid of a big number just because of some quote unquote textbook betting fundamentals. Let's talk about that shift, man. Because so I ask this question every time I have a different handicapper on each week when we see these big spreads, right? Whether it's, you know, uh, Miami, whether it's the Jets. Uh, I mean, I guess this will, you know, it does apply to the Giants and Pats on Thursday night. Of course, this will be out Friday uh, morning, so we can't really take that into account, but we can at least talk about it for this. You know, with these teams and how bad they are, let's talk about the worst of the worst, and we can even apply this to, you know, going up against the best of the best. Let's pull up, what was, what was the last big spread? Dallas, uh, no, Philly was 14. Let's say... New England Sunday versus the Redskins, but we just talked about it. Yeah, Philly 14 versus the Jets. What was, all right, so yeah, good good call on that Redskins one, right? So that number uh, closed. Again, Patriots road favorite. Let's do this. 16 points. Did you back Washington in that spot at, at all? I bet New England big. All right, so let's talk about this, man. What number gets you to the window comfortably and can be okay with a ticket on the Redskins? What uh, <laughs> getting what? Yes. In that game you're saying, or this? Yeah, no, no, no. In that game, in that situation, we'll talk about it. It's upcoming. funny. So I was on a podcast with Nick Costos last week and he asked me the same question. And I said, it would have to take the number would have to get to Redskins plus 28 for me to bet money on the Redskins. Now that didn't mean that I would have laid money on new England minus 27 and a half. But I just would not have bet the Redskins at anything less than 28 because my mentality going into that game was the Patriots are off a mediocre game versus the Bills. They want to get their offense clicking off that performance, and the Redskins absolutely suck. They could put up 35 points against the Redskins, and they put up 33. It was 33 to 7. So I don't care what the textbook said, and if it gets to 17, maybe I play it because that's I didn't care. You got to throw that out the window at points and say, okay, the Patriots can get up to the thirties in this game. But again, not for all teams, just for certain teams. All right. And next one, uh, this is week, this was week three, I believe, uh, Patriots at home. We're laying 21 and a half. What number gets you to put your real money on the jets? And that's oh, 28 again, same. I laid that game and you hear the frustration in my voice because that was 30 to nothing Patriots. And the only reason why the Jets covered because Jared Stenham threw a lollipop pick six when he should have ruined, never even been in the game. Ruined my Jets team total under, bro. Oh, my God, dude. I was so hyped up about that Patriots game. I was talking with so much conviction that week with the Patriots that people like looking at me like, oh, oh, this guy is a tout. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was standing in my living room watching that pick six unfold. I'm just glad that I didn't throw my remote at the television because I did have the remote in my hand. 
Let's take out the Patriots then. All right. Dallas laying 22 and a half uh, at home against Miami. What number gets you to put money on the Miami Dolphins? I believe that was. Um, week three week I hmm, say probably 28. Yeah. Um, I asked that question to our buddy and again, featured handicapper on spread investor.com. Todd judge. He said he needed 40. <laughs> That's and a little I wild. I don't blame them. I, I mean, for me to put money on the Dolphins in that spot, I mean, so they, they lost by you what? Need four touchdowns 24, at least. I need 28 and a hook. 20.5, you said? No, 28 and a half. 28 and a hook. 28 and a hook. Yeah, I hear you. Yep. I completely agree. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, the next one, you tweeted this out a little bit earlier today that I want to pick your brain on. When the second quarter hits zero, we all log in and hit refresh 14 times until we see that second half total. And I love this conversation. Yes. I, I think that this is a good jumping off, po- off point for us because this is another situation where I, me and the old schools and some people do not see the merit in what I'm saying. And I want to get your opinion. If you think I'm an idiot and you disagree with it, please, I know you'll be honest with me and tell me and give me a reason why. I think you're a smart guy. So you already have that. <laughs> So here's the thing, man, in a world where people move women and children to get the best of the number and oh, especially around key numbers, <laughs> my God, right? Oh, 21 and a half to 21. Oh, oh man. So listen, when second half numbers come out, this is always something I have taken so much, I've dug into so much. Let's say a, just to make numbers easy, right? Let's say a full game total was 50 and the first half total was 25. If they score 45 point or they score 50 in the first half, that second half it, it, inherently, if you're a numbers guy, I don't know how in the world you can um, seemingly play. That's a little extreme. Let's say they score uh, 40 points, right? And the second half total comes out okay. to be 30. How in the world? So now the new game total is 80. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Second half plus first half. So now pre-flop, you bet, let's say under, uh, or you bet over, you bet under that how in the world can you you know seemingly be okay with taking 30 points worse a total just because of uh, a half of football in you know if you're a numbers guy i just don't see how you could possibly make that bet to go over if you're saying bet the second half under because the first half's inflating it exactly because what yeah from a numbers point of view i completely agree the the game total shifts from 50 total to now plus 30 if they scored 40 is now 70. so now that i don't even look at what the second half number is all i do is add that to what the previous game total was or spread or whatever it is and if you're if you're 20 points off the original spread how do you not take the opposite to you know get that 13 points of value rather than give it or the you know opposite side when it comes to the total I completely agree with you. I would take the second half under, I would at least lean there blindly just because of your mentality. Yes, it's an inflated total. Bet it now. The odds makers aren't dumb. The number is typically, you know, somewhere in the range of where the final game scores. So yeah, if it goes over so much in the first half, yes, definitely bet it. You can even apply that to to sides too, though. It's just, I I don't even look at what that number is. I add it to what the the original spread is and say, you know what? If Vegas odds makers were 45 points off on their total, I'm going to take that L and tip my cap. Agree completely. But I I have a different approach and strategy to the second halves and and uh, relating back to that tweet that I sent out. I look for blowouts, especially in prime time, because if you have a blowout, and the game is already out of hand at halftime, what's going to happen in the second half? The favorite's going to run the ball in the fourth quarter. They're going to try to get the game over with, most likely. And the team that's catching up to them 
is not going to try to kick field goals late in the game. They're going to go for sevens. And if the team that's winning is a really good defense like the Patriots tonight, who does play to the final whistle, even if they're blowing the team out, I don't see the Giants getting into the, the end zone. I don't think they're getting in the end zone once in the second half, but they're definitely not getting in more than once. So you know the game plan. Like San Francisco and Cleveland the other night, perfect spot to bet the second half under. 49ers are routing them at halftime. The game was not going to change in any way. So the 49ers run the ball heavy. Cleveland now, all right, we get anywhere near a field goal. No, we're not kicking a field goal. We got to go for the end zone. They're going to have a hard time scoring against a really good defense. And I did the same exact thing two weeks ago, Monday night, Steelers and Bengals. Steelers were blowing out the Bengals. Second half under, it covered by like 17 points. It's yeah, it's it's such a fascinating conversation because uh, I just think that people look at it as two different games, and in reality, like that's how I even you know kind of instantly try to calculate if I won or lost without going and doing that second half of math. If you just apply it to what the new you know it, if it's different and, and that you know side makes it minus seven for a game, it's you got to apply that type of situation. So it's um, it's just a, it's a weird conversation that I, I get it. Like you got to you know take your uh, for me, at least, I want to take my eyes out of it and I want to rely on the numbers, but you have to almost short what your eyes are, are seeing and how many times do we see, you know, the third quarter lull after an explosive, uh, you know, first half of points. So um, certainly something to uh, keep in mind, man. I want to shift this over. Anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to the site, who is on there, what people can expect as far as that, um, you know, kind of give you the floor as, as far as it is, if it's free picks, if it's paid for play, if it's a little bit of both kind of everything else before we switch over and start going into this uh, upcoming NFL week with you. Right now, everything on spreadinvestor.com is 100% free. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it as free as long as possible. There'll be some paid picks mixed in there at certain points. But for right now, just trying to get a bunch of new traffic and followers to get accustomed to me and all the handicappers that are on there. But it's simple to expect just really sound handicapping. If you know anything else, just really good reasoning behind the games. And, you know, we look to back teams with good defenses, good offensive lines in good situations where they're motivated, well-rested. And I, I think that I have a, a really strong group of guys who put in consistent work and look for all those angles. Last question. You said this, and I want I do want to ask you this before we switch over. Do you think it makes you a better handicapper, a worse handicapper, or a necessary evil if you zero in on one market? Let's say you have somebody who is great at NBA, but they don't even—they're either bad or don't even you know mess with the other sports. If you have somebody who's great at Major League Baseball but is awful at the other sports or doesn't even do it, uh, NCAA basketball. Do you think it makes them better to be self-aware and not touch the other sports, or do you look at them as less well-rounded? Yes, I, I zero in on the other side, but tell me how, what you think. Zero about it. in. I think play to your strengths a hundred percent it is very hard and you know this to cover six to eight different markets. guys do it i know you cover a bunch of markets i think it's hard especially you know if you're making sizable wagers you know you're not just chucking around 40 50 bucks and all right well you know maybe you know i go four and two tonight like you're putting down thousands of dollars every single weekend i'd rather hone in on a couple of markets and just hammer it Personally, I focus NFL, NBA, college hoops, and I'm starting to get into college football. I know I'm behind the eight ball with college football, but I'm relying more on other people right now for college football. But yeah, in season, it's really hard, man. If someone's really good with the UFC or MLB, but they suck at basketball, why are they going to watch? But like, why play to your, if, if 
if I'm coaching basketball and my team's really good in man to man, but we suck in zone because they don't know how to talk and the guys are moving all out of place when the ball's getting moved around, why am I going to throw in as oh to confuse a team? Maybe I'll put it in for like three minutes, but for the majority of the game, hey, stick in man and, and maybe throw a trap at him. Don't do anything that you're too uncomfortable with. Hone in on your strengths. Get your strength stronger and forget about your weaknesses. Could not agree with you more, man. And think about this. You know, when you have a, a mutual fund, you have a capital firm, they have different analysts for different things. They have one pe- per, or no a team doing you know, real estate. They have a team doing companies. They have a team doing bonds. It, it's You have to be able to give everything to one thing and there's just not enough hours in the day. And you say, you know, I cover a couple of different things. Yeah, some of it is, you know, what I enjoy the necessary Eagles, but it comes at the expense. If, if you think that, you know, I've had to give up NBA, college basketball, really, um, golf, of course, you know, soccer, tennis, I call those the devil sports. Cause I just won't touch them. I think, <laughs> I think you have to take ego out of it, <laughs> be devil. self-aware and just put the people, you know, put good people that Soccer's do those things in positions. <laughs> I agree completely, man. It's very hard if you're not specializing in a couple key areas. Do you think that the general public looks at a handicapper to be not as good if they don't do absolutely everything? Uh, no. Um, I think people now based off of just replies and and comments I get on Twitter, I think people appreciate a capper. They're like, Oh no, this this is my college football guy. Or this guy's my MLB guy. I think they really like that and following a couple of different guys. And that's what I'm trying to do with this site. Like I want to have certain guys in certain areas. So no, I, I think, I think the general public does respect it. They just don't understand that if someone's really good in college football, they could suck in college basketball. Why do, you, why do you love so much more and enjoy so much more the NFL side versus college football? Because I used to be exactly like you. I hated the college football game. And somewhere along the line, this has really flipped for me too from an enjoyment, not handicap perspective, but enjoyment much more out of the college football side than the NFL side. It's not that I enjoy the NFL so much more than college football because I love watching it college football. It could be the football. gambling side I'll for be you completely, too. I'll be completely, completely transparent. So I started betting at 16 years old. And NFL was my start. That's the only thing that I bet on. It was simple to follow once a week. I was playing two high school sports. I like, I just didn't have a lot of time, Like, okay, I'm going to, I, I really honed in on the NFL. And then like, as I got into my early twenties and I was in a long relationship, I mean, <laughs> how many hours can you dedicate on the weekend when your girlfriend wants to hang out with you? So Sundays was my football day and Saturdays was day with the lady. And I just watched the NFL religiously from when I started until now. So 14 years now, I'm watching the NFL every single week. Uh, college, I just I, I haven't had as much time to put into. So like now when I hear NFL angles, like it's so second nature to me because like, OK, I remember a game in 2016 that was a similar situation. This and I could apply it now. I've been watching quarterbacks. Every year, the same. I we know Kirk Cousins' tendencies. We know Russell Wilson. Like you see these guys for eight, nine, ten years, and I know that the NFL market isn't sharp per se, and that there are so many more advantages of college football, which is why I know getting involved in college football is so so big. But I don't want to dismiss the NFL at all because there are guys that kill the NFL consistently every single year, and like me and you have seen. The spread hasn't mattered as much over the last couple of years, and there's certain games and a lot of times where the spread just covers by 10, 14, 17 points. And if you could pick out a couple of gems every single week, do you think NFL is profitable long term? Yeah, man. It's 
we're speaking the same language here, bro. That's it's so funny, and you know, people will always. That's why we do opinions. this so often. <laughs> like I always say, man, they don't call you money line investor; they call you spread investor. So let's <laughs> dig into the upcoming NFL week, man. We have NFL Week Six here, and as always, if you are looking for a place to play, look no further. MyBookie.ag, the presenting sponsor of the Sports Gaming Podcast. Of course, everything is over there. Their super contest, no proxy needed. They have football, they have UFC, you name it, my bookie prop builder. And again, as always, enter your promo code SGP. That's going to get you $1,000 in free bets for your first deposit. And we are also brought to you by Amazon. All you got to do, go to sportsgamingpodcast.com, click that Amazon banner, bookmark that link, and help support the podcast every time you shop and go get yourself a nice little inside Vegas free shirt we are brought to you by bet spurt and their free roll football contest season-long ats pick'em contest starting with opening night and ending with the super bowl completely free to enter in season prizes and again the more people who sign up the bigger the prize pool again twenty five hundred dollars in signups if we get a thousand of them thirty five hundred if we get fifteen hundred you are going to make the prize pool bigger by signing up and again head on over to bet spurts download that app man all right let's talk about what we can you know kind of apply your philosophy your team's philosophy let's do it spots that you uh, or your team within the the national football league week six roster has come down to again we'll kind of uh, discount the thursday night one unless you uh, want to give something pe- to uh, people to retroactively look at let's talk about this sunday card man first of all 6 30 a.m start for carolina and tampa vegas time man what is Oof. going on there um Give me a game or an angle that your team or yourself has kind of, um, you know, identified and kind of the thought process behind it. Well, let's stick with that London game, the 6.30 a.m. Vegas time one. Uh, I locked in under 48 and a half on Tuesday. I figured that line was going to drop. It's down now to 47 and a half, some 47s out there. Uh, but Tampa Bay has got two big injuries on the offensive line. Right guard and right tackle, both are out. And these two teams just saw each other in week two. I, when I put this out, the amount of replies that I got with all, oh, but they got two good offenses now. Yeah, but they just saw each other four, three and a half weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, and it was a 20 to 14 sloppy game. I know the weather affected a little bit. What I like in this one, division teams seeing each other for the second time. Again, the familiarity is a big angle. Six and one to the under the last seven times the two teams have met. Uh, early start, their body clocks, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. I think they could have a slow start. And six of the last eight London games have gone under the total. And I think having that jet lag and that uh, unfamiliarity with the, the surface out in London definitely affects some of these games. The London one man's... <laughs> I can't get them right. I feel like there's certain situations. Again, this comes back to being self-aware. I, I feel like when I zig, they zag. I feel like I play it under, they score 40. I won't play it because they scored 40 and then they score, you know, 10. And it's like, I, it's one of those situations, man, the long, there was a shot. I think it was Sean and Ryan who brought this up initially. And I, I, I'm sure they have the numbers on their side. I'll reach out to them for it. But I believe Tampa on, it might've been Tampa and Chicago, like on long grass, they were absolutely atrocious. And so, like it slowed down their speed. It might've been Atlanta, but um, I can't get these London games right. And um, you know, the body clock type of stuff, I, I completely understand that. Do you think that that's been largely neutralized when we talk about kind of, you know, the East coast going West coast, the West coast going East coast for the early kick. I feel like the market's kind of switched around a little bit. It's either, you know, built into the number because it's not been as profitable kind of the quote unquote autoplay as it's been in years past. 
You know, look, I don't like betting London games very often. Um, it's definitely harder to gauge. Why I bet this, though, is just I, I thought that the total was so inflated. The total on that Thursday night football game was, I believe, 45, 45 and a half. And it, it inflated three and a half points just because they had a couple of good weeks of offense. Um, I'm betting it more for that. Uh, I, I just I think this total should be more around the 46 range. Uh, but yeah, it, it's tough to gauge. And I also think week to week, it depends with these London games when these teams fly out. Some of these teams are traveling later. They get there Friday. It's not ideal for them to, you know, only two days to get used to the new time zone. Carolina flew out last night, actually. So they've got an extra day out there and Tampa Bay's flying out tonight. So, yeah, but I'm more comfortable betting it under because if, if these teams are tired and they're jet lagged, then the offense is probably not going to score as much as normal. Yeah, I want to uh, ask your opinion on this one, man, because I think this is the ultimate buy low and the ultimate sell high in a situation. How often do you get a chance to buy low on the Kansas City Chiefs? And how often do you get a chance to sell high on Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans? Everyone knows the 30 point streak of uh, Patrick Mahomes coming to an end um, was one of the most profitable runs, especially first half uh, at home, I believe was 16 and four uh, before coming to an end. The team totals have been, you know, if it's anywhere close to that third and God forbid it's below every start of his career got over it, man. Um, I get it. Like, I, I think that this Houston team is a lot better than their three and two record, especially when you look at the quality of competition. We sat here and talked about how they had the hardest schedule in the NFL this year. This is the ultimate mm -hmm. kind of buy low, sell high type of situation just from that type of narrative. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that maybe this is a spot where Houston's so, up on people? I'll, I'll walk you through my exact mental process with this game from Monday morning up until now. Cause Monday morning I woke up, I saw a chiefs minus five and a half. I said, huh, good line. Probably going to, I'm going to stay away from that one. So I go down to five. So I go down to four and a half. And then I said, this is getting really cheap on the chiefs. And then I remember their injuries from Sunday night. And I looked into their injury report already early this week, two offensive linemen hurt Sammy Watkins hurt. Three starters in the front seven hurt, linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle. And I can't bet against the Sean Watson. I actually bet on the Texans when it was at five. And because uh, I saw the four and a half in a couple of books, and I said, all right, I'm going to grab whatever five I can get. Deshaun Watson has 10 regular season losses and 27 career starts. Just one of those losses was by more than a touchdown. He's played in some really tough places and has competed. And I, I'm definitely concerned with the offensive line with Houston backing them and going against Mahomes, especially. But if Kansas City defense plays exactly like they've been playing, I have no doubt that Watson will pass all over them and run the ball with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson because Houston averages 5.1 yards per carry right now. And Kansas City has been getting gashed on the ground. They could love get Carlos Hyde props this week. Love them. They could, I think it's a great prop because here's the thing with Houston, what they could do. They could attack the chiefs in two different ways. You attack the chiefs by either running the ball down their throat and playing keep away from Mahomes. But the added kicker to this with, with the Sean Watson is he could just go over the top and destroy you with D hop and will fuller. And that's what he did last week. Obviously the Falcons suck, but the chiefs defense isn't any good. I think Watson is going to be able to do whatever he wants when he has the ball in his hands. And then on the other side, if the Chiefs' offensive line's banged up, yeah, Houston took a, a, a drop with Clowney not being there anymore, but I still think they could get to him with Watt and Merciless and McKinney. 
enough where it's a competitive game and, and Deshaun Watson is going to be able to have the ball in a tight game late. For all those people out there who are operating on, uh, let's say, non-legal betting entities, and I hopefully they're going to mybookie.ag, should Dallas be put in a open uh, six-point teaser or money open money line parlay for the absolute limit this week? <laughs> yeah, I don't love the spot for them because, you know, coming off a bad loss versus the Packers, a big game where they lost versus the Saints, and then the look ahead to the Eagles, it is a sandwich spot, but the more I think of it, I'm like, okay, but they lost these last two games. So they need a win. Uh, yeah, I do think that you should open tease that they will win in New York, Sam Darnold's first game back. Um, but typically, and I would say if the Cowboys won last week, I would not put a dime on the Cowboys just because I think they would ha- be prone to overlook Luke them Falk or gonna the beat this team. Actually, it's Darnold coming back, right? No, it's Dar- Darnold is starting. Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. Give me another one that, that somebody, uh, let's say other than you, if you're okay with it, uh, kind of on your team has, has identified. Um, on the site. And if it's I like not the Detroit Lions, I, I like the Detroit Lions got them a plus five for Monday night. It's down to four. Now that line moved really quickly. All right. I think it in this game, um, if Devonte Adams is out, I really, really like Detroit. And even if he plays with turf toe, that's not an easy injury to come back from, you know, you getting off on the snap isn't as easy. And Detroit's defense almost beat Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs two weeks ago without Darius Lay, without Mike Daniels. So they got to have a lot of confidence coming in. They're coming off a bye, too. What I like, too, and there's nobody on any network will ever talk about this, but you'll get it because you're a handicapper. Mike Daniels was with the Packers organization for years. He's now with the Lions. Even if he doesn't play, which he might not, the intel on his part that he's sharing with the Lions coaching staff that's going to help them game plan for Aaron Rodgers, I think is very, very valuable. And for as good as the Packers looked last week versus the Cowboys, because I look to bet Aaron Rodgers personally as often as I can, but Aaron Jones was the highest receiver for the Packers in that game. He had 75 yards and no wide receiver top 28 yards in that game without Devontae Adams. The Cowboys effort was dog shit. In my opinion, their, their energy was terrible. You're going to get a much better fight from the lions. I think this game will be competitive all the way throughout. It'll be a fun Monday night game. And I love all the points that I'm getting. I love that, man. I love that take. Uh, I want to ask you about this because I think that nobody has been on this train more than me than you. Should Kirk Cousins be laying three points to the Philadelphia Eagles, who I might remind oh. you are a little bit of a winning team, huh? Oh, I bet the Eagles plus three simply because I'm trained, thanks to you, fade Kirk Cousins every time he plays a winning team. Now, I think I'm actually going to buy back out of the Eagles. I'm not that confident in the Eagles, and I think I'm going to end up having no money on this game by the time Sunday comes. Just because I don't trust Philadelphia's secondary. Uh, Philadelphia's run defense is great. They're only giving up 3.2 yards to carry. So that doesn't help Dalvin Cook's situation for this week. And it's going to put more on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. But the Eagles' secondary is so bad, man. I cannot trust them. And, you know, I I could see this being a coin flip type game. So I've been back and forth. And these are the points of the NFL season where I literally hate waiting for Sunday because I lock a bet on Tuesday and I'm sitting here for five days now saying, ah, is the Eagles the right side? Ah, maybe I got a little <laughs> overzealous with it. What should I do? But I, I do now my, my stoic unemotional part of my brain 
is saying that it is more coin flippy and I am leaning towards Minnesota, but I would not bet Minnesota. If you were ever going to back the Miami Dolphins, this is the week you would do it. Any yes. type of conviction and any type of lean on that game, because uh, I don't, I think uh, I need seven and a half. I think I need to take, man, what would you, I, man, what points or I don't even know how I want to say this, right? How many points would you need to back the Miami Dolphins? And what would you need the Redskins to be laying? I, I can't believe the Redskins are laying points is, is I guess what I'm trying to say here. But yeah, I, no, look, it's a hor- it's a horrible line. Yeah. If I'm betting this game, I bet the Miami Dolphins. Money line. Uh, the Redskins, the money line, yes. The Redskins, according to this line, would be minus nine at home versus the Miami Dolphins. That is horrible. Uh, and, yeah. well, yeah. I, you know, I still... Look, I know, I know that sharp money, professional money, it's loading up. Actually, if you look at the bet percentages, the money count is more lopsided on this game than any other game on the NFL board. There's like 89% of the cash right now is on the Dolphins. So I agree with that. That being said, money is not infinite and (laughs) bankrolls are finite. So I have a finite amount of money to spread around and risk as I'm sitting on my couch, watching the television Sunday afternoon, I don't want the Miami dolphins to be a part of that bankroll. <laughs> I want to spread my money elsewhere. And I know a lot of people disagree with me and that's fine. I don't disagree with you betting the Miami dolphins. Cause I think they're going to cover, but I am just not going to bet the Miami. Like I'm just not, I, I'm not, you want to I have my a place? list in my apartment like Steve Buscemi did. And, and Billy Madison, you, you, like people are on a blacklist, the Miami Dolphins are one of the first ones. I will stay away from this game, and I will congratulate anyone who makes money on the Miami Dolphins if they do late Sunday afternoon. You, you want to know how I think I might play this game? How? It's going to depend on the line, but if it's the standard nine and a half, I'm going over nine and a half punts. <laughs> And then I think I'm I would gonna, not talk you away from that. And then I think I'm going to do take a little, cause this is always big plus money. I think I'm going to do like a uh, yes. Defensive special team score because this is pick six is written all over it. Yeah. Oh, you know what I would actually bet in this game, maybe an alternate favorite line on the dolphin. Like I would take the dolphins, maybe minus three and a half or minus six and a half at like plus three fifty for minus six and a half or whatever the hell it is. Oh yeah. Miami has pleaser, pleaser territory written all over it. I would do that. Last one I want to talk to you about, unless you have anything else on the board, man. You said that there's not a lot of times that you would fade this uh, or short this Seattle Seahawks stock. They're laying basically a pick minus one and a half out there in the marketplace uh, on the road towards Cleveland. I mean, you want to uh, you want to buy low. This is your chance. I just can't do it with this Cleveland team. But this is probably going to yeah, be I'm one of the bigger decisions. Yeah, this probably wouldn't be one of the biggest decisions of the books uh, Sundays, I would think, right? Yeah, a lot of money coming in on Seahawks before the Cleveland San Francisco game. This line came out. The Browns were minus two or minus one and a half. Now it's flipped three and a half to four points. It's a 1 p.m. Eastern spot for the Seahawks. They do get the added benefit of having a couple extra days rest and prep. So they'll get adjusted to the Eastern time zone. That said, I can't touch it. I don't want to back the Browns. It is a better spot for the Browns this week than last week. I think the line's an overreaction. Um, Cleveland's defense is is still playing pretty good with as many injuries as they have in the secondary. The defense is not the problem. Their offense sucks. The offensive line is not good. So I think that this could be an under type game. And you even see the total it's 45 and a half, 46. You, know, you don't really want to be laying points uh, in a lower 
scoring type game. So too many reasons for me to bet it, to, to bet it. Too many reasons that for me to not like it, for me to bet it. All right, man. Anything else out there that you feel strongly about, whether side, total, anything for the week before I get you yes. out of here? Tell me. I haven't bet this yet. I'm leaning towards taking the Rams, especially now at minus three. San Francisco, we mentioned the injuries before. Both starting tackles are out. Kyle Juszczyk, fullback, who opens up a ton of running lanes for the 49ers. He's out. Rams coming off a loss. Three extra days prep. They need this game. They're three and two. 49ers are 4-0. They lose this game. NFC West might as well be done for them. So I think they come out with a much better effort. San Francisco, I don't like backing teams off their A-plus game. It's very rare, especially on a short week. You're going to get a team play their A-plus game and an A-plus game back-to-back weeks. It's, it's just very rare for that to happen. And 10, six and the six line... Rule. Or 10-6-1 rule. Or, yeah, but, no, 10-3-3, three, three, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to think about it and uh and then you get um you know the line moving down because everybody just saw what happened on monday night so i'm definitely leaning rams i locked in the titans at plus two and a half i cannot lay points with joe flacco i will fade joe flacco almost every time he's laying points the tennessee defense is very good tennessee could be four and one right now they're two and three they could be four and one they lost a very close game to indianapolis and then last week versus the bills their kicker missed four field goals, and they lost by seven points. Um, I think the Titans, the elevation and altitude in Denver is overblown. Over the last three years, Denver's on a 1-7-1 and one ATS run as a home favorite. So I'll fade that. I, I, I got a good running game with Tennessee going up against a defense that has not been good. Denver's defense. If you're taking away anything from this podcast, remember two teams, Denver and Baltimore. People automatically think because of the names on the jerseys that these two defenses are good. They are not. Denver is thin at line inside linebacker, outside linebacker. Chubb is on the IR. Their secondary has been bad. So I will comfortably back Tennessee in a bounce back spot. Better team, better coach. I would have loved to got three. Didn't. I'll take the points and then a little on the money line. I love it, my brother. I want to give you the floor, man. I know that, um, <clears throat> of course, spreadinvestor.com. Again, follow him on Twitter at spreadinvestor. But also, man, nobody does more in the Instagram space, I think, in this kind of sports betting community than you. And I want to, uh, you know, for anyone out there uh, that's on that space to kind of where they can find you there, what you're doing there, and kind of, again, plug the website at its fullest and anything else you have going on in the space before I get you out of here for hopefully a well, yeah, Instagram. Week. Instagram, you can follow at spreadinvestor as well. And yeah, I definitely am more active on Twitter, but Instagram, I'm about to roll out later in October, a bunch of new things. Instagram is going to become more of just a general betting handle where you get a bunch of stats with you know visual aesthetics. And it's going to be different than following on Twitter, uh, but I'm excited for it. Some video stuff and uh, you know, that'll be launching in a couple of weeks. Um, but Twitter, yeah, just stats, trends. I'm, I'm a junkie for all that stuff. And I tweet now in season 15, 20 times a day because there's just a ton of information coming in. And part of it, I like to hear myself speak or read my tweets. Uh, so uh, if you go on Twitter, um, yeah, all week, just looking to put out different points. And um I want to touch on a couple of quick games before we get out of here. Run down them real quickly. Um, Please. I just didn't want to keep you. We'll keep you as long as you want, bro. 
<laughs> Ravens is a sucker bet this week. People have taken him in Survivor. Take the Ravens this week with caution. I think the Bengals keep that game a lot closer than the spread. Um, Jaguars is another one I'm leaning towards. It's uh, a must-win spot for them at two and three. Uh, New Orleans coming off a couple of big wins. They're four and one right now. They don't need the game as much. Um, if you're betting the Falcons Cardinals, look in the mirror, ask yourself a couple of questions. Um, Steelers. I think if you get them at seven, I think that's a decent bet. I would, I don't know if I'd put money on the Steelers, but it would be Steelers or pass. The Chargers are abysmal at home, 13 and 25 against the spread run at home. They have no home field advantage. Pittsburgh's defense has been playing well. Chargers banged up on the offensive line. I know a ton of people are going to be looking for a bailout on Sunday night. Do not bet the Chargers. Uh, and then quickly, I don't know if anyone looks ahead to this uh, from the general public, uh, but if you want to write these down, I'm looking to get ahead on these lines the second week six is over. The Rams travel to Atlanta next week, week seven. Rams opened up at minus four. I think whatever happens in this game, Rams versus 49ers, Either the Rams lose and they're really going to need this game next week versus the Falcons, or the Rams pick up a win after a mini slump and now get rolling again. They travel to Atlanta. Yes, it's a 1 p.m. Eastern game, and people are going to say, oh, maybe they're not going to start. They played 1 p.m. Eastern several times now. They beat Carolina in week one in the 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. They are going to throttle the Atlanta Falcons defense. They might put up 45 points. That's how bad Atlanta is. And that line, to me, I'm jumping on it because, barring injuries, I think that line will close close to six by the time next week comes. And one last one, I'm looking to jump right away, most likely on uh, the Giants minus three versus the Cardinals for next week, if the Giants are healthy. Because the Giants are going to have three extra days of prep versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals are terrible on defense. If Jones gets Saquon back, which he might versus the Cardinals, he might get Shepard back. He might get Engram back. They are going to torch Arizona's defense. Arizona, get this too. Arizona, week five, played on the East Coast, 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. They go back home now, West Coast, week six. Then they're going to go back week seven to face the Giants in a 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. That is murderer's row, switching and getting all messed up with your body clock and everything and Arizona Cardinals just flat out suck. So if the giants injury report is starting to look good, look to jump on that early for next week. Lastly, I want to talk about this because again, with the ebook, everything I did for this upcoming year, uh, one of the plays that you gave out was the Steelers over. And I want to ask you, you said you want to take the points with Pittsburgh again. Do you believe that that, you know, for you is still kind of, are you you know, holding on to what you believed is this, you know, is this just the, is, you know, I guess the, the deeper question is what happened to this Pittsburgh team? Is it just the fact that Ben was out? Uh, is this just something else? You know, when you look at this Pittsburgh team, man, what has happened to, you know, I get it. They're on the third string quarterback out of, out of Samford, not Stanford, Samford. Uh, but what has gone <laughs> so bad, so quick for them? Well, obviously big Ben, but also I, didn't account for the lack of adjustments that they would make early in the season on defense defense first. I expected the loss versus the Patriots. That was no surprise, but the manner in which they lost, I was very surprised week two, the loss to Seattle. That was disappointing and a bit surprising because their defense just absolutely sucked. The secondary couldn't cover. They were supposed to really, really improve in the secondary. That didn't happen. They had to go out and trade Minka Fitzpatrick. So I think uh, lack of improvement on defense has been a thing for them. 
Um, I thought they needed to win that game. They needed to win the game versus Baltimore. They should have. The roughing and passer hurt them. Mason Rudolph get get knocked out, hurt them. Um, but I did think that their defense looked so much better last week. They limited Lamar Jackson to one touchdown, three interceptions. They sacked them five times, and he had under six yards per attempt. So I think with Fitzpatrick, it is a better defense. Um, and, and that's why I would not fade them at seven points because I do think that the defense is picking up momentum. And when you have that situation where you're down to your third-string quarterback, what is Tomlin and the Steelers coaching staff game planning for this week? They know they're not going to win with offense, so they've got to completely dominate on defense. And I think you're going to get guys that are a little charged up on defense and say, hey, we just smoked Lamar Jackson. Um, Phillip Rivers is playing without a starting center, and they've got injuries all over the place on offense. Let's go at them. I love it, brother. All right, man. Um, we're going to get out of here, bro. I can't thank you enough for taking the time, as always, man. Now, here's to a profitable upcoming week, man. We will talk soon. And My man, always get out of here. So Get out here soon, oh, man. Always a good time. Good luck, and we will talk over the weekend. All right, bro. Take care. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.